Welcome, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Jesus Christ our Lord. This is Brother Jimmy Fortunato, and you're listening to a sermon from the Pilgrim Baptist Church in Tennessee. For more information about our church, please visit us on the web at pilgrimbaptist.church. Overcoming an unthankful heart. You know, the Bible says, Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for He is good. For his mercy endureth forever. And there's no doubt that we're suffering from an epidemic of unthankfulness here in America. It really, really is a rare thing to find someone who wants to give rather than take, wants to sacrifice for others, wants to serve rather than be served. If you're a Christian, I'm sure you've had moments when you've lived like this. I know I have. But if you're like me, It's not all the time, but one thing is for sure, when we see someone who just exemplifies a thankful attitude and has got a thankful heart, we sure do appreciate it. It stands out to us when a business does it, when a friend does it, when a neighbor does it. Why? We see the value in that person's character, and we know, we know it's a Christian thing to do. So that's why I put together this Bible lesson called overcoming an unthankful heart. So what's the first step? Number one, we need to recognize that unthankfulness isn't just an itty-bitty little tiny sin. The Bible says in 2 Timothy chapter 3, starting at verse number 1, This know also, that in the last days perilous times shall come. For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous boasters, proud blasphemers, disobedient to parents. Now watch unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness, but the die, denying the power thereof from such turn away. In that list of all that stuff, we see unthankfulness. It's right in the middle of all those sins. And really, when we look at 2 Timothy chapter 3, what's the mark of the last days? People, they just love themselves more than they love God. And God warns at the end of this, verse number 5, He warns that you need to watch out because this is only a form of godliness. People will act a certain way, put on a mask, they'll have a form of godliness, but their heart, you see, you can't see someone's heart, but their heart is just unthankfulness. So all these things listed here are just for us to take a look at and say, you know what? Would we take God's advice and turn away? Turn away from people like that, but turn our hearts away from things like that. I don't want to be unthankful. I'm sure you don't either. All right, in your home and in your life, take the time. Teach your kids. Or as a reminder to yourself, number one, that unthankfulness is sin. We just read about it, 2 Timothy chapter 3, and we need to be serious about it, treat it as such. Learn to identify it, and you'll be on your way to living a thankful life. All right, let's get back to the sin thing for a minute. If you're not saved, I want to give you something to really be thankful for. 
You know, the Bible says the wage of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. The wage that you have coming to you is death. Nothing you can do to stop it. And your payday is coming. You're going to receive your wages. Because the Bible says all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. That's everybody. If you're not saved, that's you. There's nothing you can do to save yourself. And as a sinner, you're doomed. You've got no hope. Now, here's why you can be thankful. Because God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. He offers you eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. You can receive that free gift and have eternal life. God desires you to want to come to know Him. He desires for you to be born again. But you do need to have a spiritual birth. That's why the Bible says you must be born again. Now that's something you can be surely certain of and surely thankful for. All right, lesson number two, or point number two, how to overcome an unthankful heart. Uh, the Bible says in Proverbs 10, 22, the blessing of the Lord, it maketh rich. And he addeth no sorrow with it. All the gold, all the silver in the world, it's the Lord's. He's the one who made it all. The blessings of the Lord is what makes you rich. How do you overcome an unthankful heart? Point number two, realize the richness of God's blessings. I'm not talking about material wealth. It's not the wealth of the world. Material wealth never lasts. It's someday it's going to leave you. You'll never see a U-Haul following behind a hearse. Not going to happen. You can grow rich one of two ways. Rich with God's blessing or rich without God's blessing. For example, this world can offer you material riches. If that's what you're living for, I'm telling you, it will bring you sorrow. That's why the Bible says the love of money is the root of all evil. I'm sure you know or at least have heard of people that got buckets load of money, buckets load of cash, all the coin they can have. They're just miserable. They're unhappy. They're unthankful. That's why the Bible says you love money. That's the root right there of evil. Here's the bottom line. Christian and non-Christians, both people can experience riches here on earth. And the Christian and the non-Christian can both experience poverty here on earth. The difference that Christians will have is this. No sorrow with it. Doesn't matter if a Christian is rich or poor here on earth. There is no sorrow in it because the Bible says, but God, who is rich in mercy, for his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ. By grace ye are saved. And hath raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. The Bible doesn't say godliness with riches is great gain. The Bible says godliness with contentment is great gain. Here's what I'm asking you. Be content with the blessings of the Lord and appreciate the richness of His mercy and the many blessings 
he has given you. All right, lesson number three, overcoming a thankful heart, or point number three, count your blessings. The Bible says in Psalm 103, 2, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. People forget. They're so focused on what they don't have. People just forget all the things they do have. So this point's real simple. Count your blessings. Moms and dads, gather around the table at mealtime. Have your children count at least three blessings for you. In your home, try to either write down one blessing from the Lord a day. Put it on your fridge. Put it in a place where you can see it and your whole family can see it. Fathers, come home from work, enter the house, and make it a habit to share one thing you are thankful for. Don't take 15 seconds to repeat a prayer Rub-a-dub-dub, God, thanks for the grub, and scarf down your food. Really think about all the blessings the Lord has bestowed upon you and how grateful you should be for having a hot meal in front of your face. At work and in your everyday life, be mindful of a complaining spirit. Try to catch it. It starts to happen. Remember, bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all His benefits. Remember, many of Christian missionaries, they've gone to foreign lands. They've given up a lot. A lot of the blessings that Americans take for granted. Upon life's billows, you are tempest-tossed. When you are discouraged, thinking all is lost, count your many blessings, name them one by one, and it will surprise you what the Lord has done. You know, the Bible says in Matthew 5, 45, For he maketh his son to rise on the evil and on the good, and sendeth rain on the just and the unjust. Now, if you're not saved, if you've not trusted the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior, if you've not been born again, if you've not had a spiritual birth, if you've only had a physical birth, this part is for you. Because one day the sunshine is going to stop shining on you. And there is going to come a day when you'll no longer get to enjoy a good rainfall. Because if you die without Jesus Christ as your Savior, you'll end up in outer darkness with weeping and gnashing your teeth. Gnashing of teeth will occur because of the eternal pain and the eternal anguish you'll be suffering in hellfire. God doesn't want that to happen to you, neither do I. The message for you right now, if you're not saved, is please trust Christ Jesus the Lord as your Savior. He's the only one that can give you eternal life. That is what His will is for your life that you would come in line with His will. Would you do that? Would you trust Him as your Savior? I'm not going to ask you to repeat a prayer, but the Bible says, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Consider that today. All right, what's next? Lesson number four, or point number four, how to overcome a thankful heart. Sing unto the Lord. Psalm 147 Starting at verse 7 reads, Sing unto the Lord with thanksgiving. Sing praise unto the harp unto our God. 
who covereth the heaven with clouds, who prepareth rain for the earth, who maketh grass to grow upon the mountains. What are you listening to? It does affect you. It'll affect your mood. It'll affect your attitude. It'll affect your thought life. Make it a habit during the day to sit and sing unto the Lord, to work and sing unto the Lord, to stand and sing unto the Lord, to drive and to sing unto the Lord. The Bible says the trees of the woods sing out at the presence of the Lord. How much more should we as Christians sing unto our Savior? If you can make a daily habit of this and teach your children to do the same, you'll quickly see it will draw you closer to the Lord. The Bible says sing praises unto thy name. The Bible says, sing unto him, sing psalms unto him, talk ye of all his wondrous works. The Bible says, sing for joy. And Psalm 13, verse 6 tells us why. I will sing unto the Lord. Why? Because he hath dealt bountifully with me. One of the best ways to live a thankful life in an unthankful world, is to sing praise unto the Lord. I'll give you six reasons from the Bible why. Psalm 21, 13. Sing and praise thy power. We serve a powerful God. That's why. Psalm 30, verse 4. To give thanks at the remembrance of his holiness. We serve a holy God. Give him thanks and praise. Psalm 47, 7. For God is the king of all the earth. We serve a righteous king. Praise him. Thank him. Psalm 51, 14. The God of my salvation and is righteous. God's a righteous God. That's why we should sing praise unto his name. Psalm 59, 16 says, His mercy and his is our defense and refuge in the day of trouble. Everybody wants to call upon the Lord when they're in trouble, when they hit a trial. Why? Because they know deep down in their heart, He's the one that can help. He is. We should learn to be thankful. We can do that by singing praise unto His name. He'll save us in the day of trouble. Lastly, Psalm 66, 2, the Bible says to honor His name. Why honor His name? He's a powerful God. He's a holy God. He's the King of all the earth. He's righteous. He'll help you in the day of trouble. He has an honorable name. He's the only one that can save you from your sin. Finally, the Bible says in 96.1, Oh, sing unto the Lord a new song. And that's what happened to me when I got saved. He put a new song in my heart, gave me new desires. If you have not been saved, I want to appeal to you again. He'll give you a new song to sing. He'll give you new desires. You're struggling with unthankfulness. Maybe it's time to trust the only one who can give you peace and joy in your heart. Remember the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus, our Lord. Won't you call on him today? All right, last point I'd like to make as we wrap up this Bible study and how to overcome an unthankful heart. Let the peace of God rule in your heart. It's amazing to me how many people let different things rule their heart. But Colossians 3, starting at verse 12, said, Put on therefore as the elect of God, holy and beloved, bowels of mercy, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering. Those are tough to do, huh? It doesn't stop there. Forbearing one another and forgiving one another. 
If any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. Wow, tough to do. And above all these things, put on charity, which is the bond of perfectness. Now here's the point. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to the which also you're called in one body, and it finishes, and be ye thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Sing with grace in your hearts the Lord. And whatsoever ye do, in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus. Here it is again, giving thanks to God and the Father by Him. I'll tell you, as parents, it doesn't matter so much what we say or what we do. Uh, I mean, as a friend, it doesn't matter so much what you say or what you do. As a church member, it doesn't matter so much what you say or what you do. To your spouse, it doesn't matter so much what you say or what you do. You know what matters? More than what you say and more than what you do. What rules your heart? And if it's not the peace of God ruling in your heart and you're not thankful, you got a messed up heart. And God wants you to let the Word of Christ dwell in you richly. That's how you'll be able to admonish one another, forbear one another, be kind to one another, forbear one another, forgive one another. Let the peace of God rule in your heart and be thankful. Whatever's in your heart, it will filter out into your thought life, into your words, into your deeds, how you act. So don't miss this last lesson. Let the peace of God rule in your heart. I mean, something's going to rule it. Why not make the logical choice? Why not make the best choice? And let it be the peace of God. People will pick up on this. They'll notice you're different. Bowels of mercy. You see that in that verse? That's the heartfelt effect of the body with mercy. Kindness. Do you delight in contributing to the happiness of others rather than just yourself? Humbleness of mind. Can you get low and then lower? Just get as humble as you can get. Meekness. Let me ask you something. When you're being provoked, can you have a soft, gentle temper and attitude? That's not a sign of weakness. It's a sign of meekness. Long-suffering, can you stay patient for a long time as you bear some nonsense? You can if the peace of God rules in your heart. Forgiving one another, forbearing one another, try that for a week. If any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. Put on charity, which is the bond of perfectness. And look, be ye thankful. Overcoming an unthankful heart. Point number six, we've got some more for you. Learn to thank God as you go through trials. Why give thanks to God? It's a good thing to do. The Bible says in Psalm 92.1, it is a good thing to give thanks unto the Lord and to sing praises unto thy name, O Most High. You know, one night at a prayer meeting, a good brother related a long, complaining strain of experiences about the trials and difficulties which are encountered in the Christian life. At the end of his talk, another brother arose and said, I see that our brother who has just sat down 
lives in Grumbling Street. I lived there myself for some time, but I never enjoyed good health. The air there is bad, the houses are bad, the water is bad. The birds never came and sang in the street, and I was gloomy and sad enough. But finally, I moved. I moved to Thanksgiving Street, and ever since then, I have had good health, and so have my family. The air is pure, the water is good, the houses are good, the sun shines in all day. The birds are always singing, and I am happy as I can be. Now, I would suggest to our brother that he too move. There are plenty of houses to let in Thanksgiving Street. Why don't you just let it in? Which street are you living on? Grumbling Street or Thanksgiving Street? Don't forget, there is plenty of room on Thanksgiving Street and your health would be better and your heart would be happier if you would just move in there. It is a good thing to give thanks unto the Lord and to sing praises unto thy name, O Most High. How can we obey this verse? Well, we need to start with why. Colossians 3.17 says, And whosoever, I'm sorry, whatsoever ye do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by him. Why give thanks unto God? Because he has made us to measure up to be a child of the King. Colossians 1.12, giving thanks unto the Father, which hath made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in life. We have no merit, but God gave us merit. It's a privilege to be partakers of the inheritance. We are joint heirs with Jesus Christ. Of the saints in light, we are not in darkness. John says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him. Without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and life was the light of man. And the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. Won't you be a partaker of the inheritance of the saints in light? We don't walk in darkness. We walk in light. Why else give thanks to God? His judgments are right. Psalm 119, At midnight I will rise to give thanks unto thee because of thy righteous judgments. You know, God is a God of judgment and he judges righteously. He will impute his righteousness unto us as children of God. That's what he's done. All those that are saved. Those that are not saved, you are under God's wrath. You are under God's judgment. And he will if you come to Him, if you call upon Him, if you trust Him, and not your own merit, if you repent of what you've been trusting in and put your full faith in what Christ did for you on the cross, He will impute His righteousness unto you, and you're no longer under God's wrath and judgment and condemnation. Because the Bible says there's not, there's, in Christ there is no condemnation. You have eternal life. James 1.12 says to Christians, My brethren, Count it all joy when you fall into driver, divers' temptations. In Daniel chapter 6, um, it says, When Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went into his house, and his windows being open in his chamber toward Jerusalem, he kneeled upon his knees three times a day and prayed, and he gave thanks before his God as he did aforetime. 
Daniel learns an evil plot was devised against him. You know what he did? He gave thanks before his God. He prayed. He didn't complain. He didn't cry. He didn't demand his rights. He prayed. He knelt down and he prayed and he gave thanks before God. Wow. If we could be a Daniel. All right, this will be the last point. Overcoming an unthankful heart. Why give thanks to God? Because it's God's will. You want to know what God's will for your life is? Give thanks to Him. 1 Thessalonians 5.18 In everything, give thanks. There's a verse that none of us obey 100% of the time. I cannot honestly say that I give thanks to God for everything, every time. Can you? But the Bible says, this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. In everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. You know, an honest farmer was asked to dine with a gentleman. And there asked a blessing at table as he was accustomed to do at home. His host said jeeringly, that is old-fashioned. It is not customary nowadays for well-educated people to pray at table. The farmer answered that with him, it was customary. And that some of his household never prayed over their food. Ah, then, said the gentleman, there are sensible and enlightened who are they? The farmer answered, They are my pigs. How? How can we help our kids stay in the will of God and not be those in the household who never pray over their pigs, which would be the foods, which would be the pigs slopping their face in their food, not giving thanks to God? We ought not be like farm animals. We ought be the ones in the household that give thanks over our food. It's not old-fashioned. It is in fashion. It's what God wants us to do. We're not farm animals. We don't just have a plate of food stuffed in front of our face, and like a pig, we just smack our face into it and eat it without even thinking of giving thanks. No, we're created by God in His image. Pigs aren't in his image. We are. And his will for us is to give thanks in everything. How can we help ourselves? How can we help our kids stay in the will of God? Well, arrange home life so that your children will learn to earn access to the pleasurable extras of life. Help them recognize the connection between labor and reward between things and then the cost of those things. Help them understand their service, help, and labor at home is designed to prepare them for higher responsibilities that they will inherit when they get older. Children who learn at an early age to work their way to the top grow to be appreciative. Help them understand American Christianity allows us to just naturally take things for granted, and we ought not so. Typically, a child who has never slept on a mattress 
would thank his parents and thank God, for that matter, for it. Certainly, we take for granted, depending on what our culture and lifestyle has accustomed us to it. Now, I'm not saying have your children sleep on the floor, but I am saying it is easy to take for granted things that become our normal. Many a Christian missionary go to a foreign field to find out that people sleep on a wooden bench or a dirt floor. Look, a child who has never had candy ever is thankful for just one piece. But a child that is allowed to graze on junk food all day believes it's his right to have candy. In turn, he never develops the character trait of thankfulness. Never allow children to overindulge because they will never learn to be thankful. Instead, help them. Help them see the connection between the stuff they have and the work they went into acquiring that stuff. Moms, don't forget to remind the kids how hard daddy works so that we can have this house, we can have this food, we can have these clothes, we can have these extras, help them understand that because of this, we don't want to waste daddy's money. He works very hard for it. That's why the Bible says, if any would not work, neither should he eat. After children learn to earn some money, Arrange a shopping day for them. Take them to a flea market or a farmer's market. Advise them to look at everything. Advise them to look for the best prices. Be there to help them decide, but allow them to make a choice. And spend their money on something they choose. On the way home, listen to their stories. They'll tell you, oh, this is exactly what I wanted. This is what I wanted. Oh, that, it was great. I Listen. And just soak it all up. And then the following week, listen for any disappointment. Don't correct them. Don't say anything. Just listen. As they tell you stories on what they had to have, but now realize they didn't really need to have it. And thank God that they learned. They learned a lesson of being thankful and grateful and what it means to earn and work and spend and all of that. Here's what Paul said through the Holy Spirit. 1 Timothy 1, verse 12, And I thank Christ Jesus our Lord, who hath enabled me, for he counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry. Why give thanks unto God for his unspeakable gift, his Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. He enables you. And he his faithfulness, he will count your, you faithful if you just get a hold of some of this. Just get a hold of some of this. Be faithful in the God and the commandments he's given us as Christians. Second Corinthians 9.15 says, Thanks be unto God for his unspeakable gift. Thank God for the salvation he provided through his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. We're going to wrap up. I want to urge you again. The Bible says salvation is not by works of righteousness, which we have done. Maybe you consider yourself to be a good person. That's not what the Bible says. Any righteous works that you've done, you cannot be saved by. The Bible says not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us by the washing of of regeneration and the renewing of the Holy Ghost. Romans eleven six 6 says, And if by grace 
then it is no more of works. Good works do not save. You are only saved by God's grace. You know why? Because otherwise, grace is no more grace. But if it be of works, then it is no more grace. Otherwise, work is no more work. You can't merit God's favor. You can't work for God's favor. He looks down and he says, you know what? I've got a sinful people. They need to have their sins paid for. They have a debt that they cannot pay. The wages of sin is death. But I've got a gift. The gift of eternal life through Jesus Christ. My son, who, who he sent to live a sinless life. He shed his blood on the cross at Calvary. Died for your sins and for mine. Was buried three days, three nights. Rose again. Defeated death. And is seated at the right hand of the Father. Full salvation is offered to you. You'll be so thankful. If you're not saved, please, I urge you today. I urge you today. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Thanks a bunch for listening. For more information about Pilgrim Baptist Church, be sure to visit us online at pilgrimbaptist.church where you can also send me a personal message or learn more about joining us for a church service. And remember, Christ is all.